Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Pac-12 football fans are going to like this conversation because... Are they listening? <laughs> yeah, I think they are because we we're on in Oregon, Eugene, Oregon. There's a lot of people that listen That's out true. there. Yeah. So, and also in San Francisco... Yeah. We're on one of those stations. We get stations a lot of calls from, from out from there. So, yeah. so even though it's a big city, I'm sure there's still plenty of Pac-12 football fans out there. So th- there is, and when people say there's a bias against Pac-12 football, I think that that's an easy thing to say. But I do think that there's reasons why. And I don't like when people automatically assume East Coast media bias. Right. It's not something that's intentionally done. But... The facts are this, and now you've got Chris Peterson of Washington laying it out for you, is that I'll admit it, and I know same thing for you. Sometimes when you watch a full day of college football and then you got a kickoff that's at 10 o'clock or even at 8 o'clock or whatever it is, you know, and those games tend to be you know, the later games out there on the West Coast, you're not paying as much attention to it. And you're watching highlights of those teams as opposed to watching those teams. Right. And that has an effect on a lot of people. And there's a lot of people in the media that are on the East Coast that are making decisions on guys. They're making opinions on people. The coverage. I mean, we don't – I'll admit it. I don't pay as much attention to the Pac-12 on this show as I should because I'm not watching it as much as the other conferences. I'm watching it in smaller bits and pieces on highlight shows. And Chris Peterson came out and said – the late start times are killing us. Yeah, He's I, like, I would it's, agree. It's not just us. It's a whole conference. He's, we have not played a game before 5 p.m. local time out there, which is 8 o'clock on the East Coast, and most of them are later than that. Yeah. Oh, even the Alabama game last week it didn't kick till 9, but you're going to watch because it's Alabama, and it, luckily it was a blowout, and you could – turn your eye to other more competitive games that were still going on. Uh, that is so spot on. Those games are so late. Now, we watched Friday. I, what I did Friday, because I had to get up early Sunday. Uh, I, I worked Friday night, and and then I had to get up Sunday. I had to get up early uh, Saturday to get in the studio for our game. But the Washington State-USC game didn't kick to, what, 10.30? So I watched the first half, and I <laughs> watched the second half, Fast forward through the second half Saturday morning before I left to head to the, the CBS Broadcast Center. So those games are so damn late. And, and, and even on a Friday night, people are out and about, and, and it's on in the bar or the club or whatever, but are you really paying attention? No, you're not. You may glance up at the screen or, or something of, of that sort, but you're not really engaged in the action as stellar a ball game that was. That was a damn good football game. Two ranked teams. Of course, USC, everyone's uh, aware of them. But Washington State, maybe not as much. But they're a ranked team, the number one defense in the Pac-12 going into last weekend's game. So it was a hell of a game. Went down to the waning moments. But people aren't paying attention that late, even if they're out and about. They're not watching. I mean, that game finished at, 
what, probably 132? I mean, it's just, it's it's not right. normal. It's yeah. not normal for anybody no. No. who wants to be watching sports. No. And I know on the West Coast is different, but that's not the problem. And Peterson says it himself. He said, we want to play at 1 p.m. It hurts us tremendously in terms of national exposure. Yep. No one wants to watch our game on the East Coast that late, and we all know it. We haven't had a kickoff before 5 p.m. this season. It's painful for our team. It's painful for our administration. We know certainly the most important part is painful for our fans. And, and if you think about how this is fixed, it seems pretty easy to me. But I don't know all the machinations that go into it because there's a lot of it when it comes to TV and networks and yeah. revenue and who makes the decisions. But kicking off at 1 p.m., which would be 4 p.m. out here, which would be absolutely perfect if you had those games at 4 o'clock on the East Coast, what would be the holdup? You might know the answer better than me, but you still might not know because there's a lot that goes into it. You know, why can't we see more games kick off at 1 p.m. local time for these Pac-12 teams? I'm with you. I, I would be all for that, and it will, would uh, garner more eyeballs, more attention, and you'd really get a full, uh, a, a, a complete look at these teams. And then now you're not just guessing by looking at some highlights. And now you're not saying, well, this team it, it wasn't that competitive. It wasn't a, 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 a good game, and, and, and so I can't rate – a player like Bryce Love, who's tearing it up already four or five games in the season, he's over a thousand yards rushing, but no one's talking about him because we see Saquon Barkley right. all the damn time during the day when we're wide awake. And, and and Saquon Barkley, he was second on my Heisman preseason list behind Baker Mayfield. He's living up to hype. But Bryce Love, who show, showed up and showed out last year in the Sun Bowl on CBS because McCaffrey decided to sit that out, the bowl game, out and get ready for the NFL draft. He had a, a, a damn good day in that ball game, so we were aware of him because we had him on our network during you know the middle of the day. And now no one's really talking about the kid because they don't see those Stanford games. We didn't see the San Diego State game in which they lost. We watched SC and Stanford, but we haven't seen any of the other ball games because they start so late. Yeah, and the counter-argument will be, well, it's 2017. You could watch highlights. You could go and highlights and, aren't the but, same, right? But in my in my argument against that is when you put on a highlight and you just watch a guy do something, it's like okay, you know, whatever. That's kind of cool. There's a such a big difference, especially when it comes to important people who make decisions about where these teams are ranked. When you watch an entire game, you get a feel for a team. Right. It's not just about this guy did this exciting thing for 10 seconds, now moving on to something else. When you sit down and consume the game like we do with so many other conferences, it really does mold a better opinion about it. A perfect example is the NFL. Is there a team out on the West Coast that you don't feel like you know everything about in the NFL? Yeah. I feel like every one of those I could talk about confidently because I've seen all of them. You, you get an appreciation for the team, the competition, Competition. Okay, Bryce Love had over 200 yards of offense, but did he do it because this team has no defensive line? Did they suffer injuries during the ball game? Or was he doing this straight out the gate, running through a, a usually tough physical football team? So you have a better idea of who that player is and how he accumulated those numbers as opposed to just guessing by by watching a highlight. Oh, that, that team was terrible. That's the reason he had over 300 yards of total offense. No. I mean, you, you, don't, you, you don't have an appreciation for what these guys are doing, especially Bryce Love, if you don't watch their games, and it's difficult to do because of the time slot. Yeah, and there would be no doubt in my mind that you wouldn't have any discussion about East Coast media bias if you played more of these games at 4 p.m. Eastern time 
1 p.m. local and time. And that's a cop-out. There's no East Coast. At least on my part, I'm a Heisman voter. It, I, I'm here on the East It's not intentional, Coast. though. Right. It's just, no. Right. But they don't have a – they have such a small sample in terms of what they see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think they're just guessing. I mean, it, whether you're on the East Coast, West Coast, whatever, you're not seeing every game. These guys who are voting for the Heisman, they're, they've got West Coast voters. Now, are they watching all the games that are played in the middle of the country on the East Coast? No, because they're probably in a press box somewhere getting ready for that West Coast game. So they're not sitting there in front of a bank of television. This is the problem I have with this this college football committee. While they are sitting there you know, sifting through these games, they send them highlights of every game. Uh, now, are you going through all those highlights? Are you sitting there like I am? I have the luxury, and, and me and the other guys who work with me sit in front of 16 screens, and we're watching every game. Every every Saturday, and so other than you know the guys in the broadcast center around the country, who else gets to see that many games? Nobody, right? I mean, nobody, and uh, it is it is very tricky. And I and I'm not just saying this because it's you, but I give so much more credit to the college football analysts out there because there's just so much stuff to consume. Like I don't know how you do it. It's just so when you're supposed to be the college football expert, it's like, how do you do it? And it keeps growing. You have 129 FBS teams now. It's just too much. Yeah. God bless you, Brian. Thank Charles. you. God thank you. you. Yes. Hey, Suze, thank you. <laughs> keep, keep on blessing me, dog. Uh, did you see that an LSU fan has started a GoFundMe page yep. to try to raise the money? $12 million? $12 million buyout <laughs> for Ed Orgeron. Listen, here's where you are at LSU. You're not going to buy him out. You're, no one's going to spend $12 million. They're still paying Les Miles his money, uh, and, and that's a, a huge nut. So uh, you're stuck with Ed Orgeron, and they won't say it. But they are in rebuilding mode. Jones was on the phone. Okay, he was Jones again. was on the phone last night. Man, this is two days in a row that Jones has been on the Jones phone. Jones on the phones. And and Jones was on the tweets. Oh, get out of here. On the tweets. On the text or the, the tweets? On the text and on the phone. Okay, so and, not the tweets. And, and so, uh, yeah, not the tweets. On the, the, the text. Right. No, no, we wouldn't put that information out there, now, would we? No. Now, I probably would. You know me. Trying to direct message somebody and send it to the yeah, phone. Yeah. I have done that. Yeah, there's it, a history there. There's, there's a history there. I'm worried for you in that <laughs> regard. I feel like it could get worse. <laughs> but l- listen, uh, now this is going to sound like blaming, but I've witnessed this at my alma alma mater. But you know what they're saying. What I was told is that Les Miles was there was some uncertainty there his last couple years. At, at Baton Rouge or in Baton Rouge. Uh, they're at LSU. And so he didn't recruit as well. And so they feel like the cupboard is bare. And and Orgeron wants to play a lot of younger guys. And, and he's been forcing Matt Canada to get this Brennan kid into the ball games. They forced him into the ball game uh, versus Syracuse. Syracuse made a comeback. They had to go back to Etling. And so it was more of that than it was Syracuse playing well. So I got fooled and thought they could possibly upset NC State last week. But they they couldn't. But it, it's just interesting. Dino Babers, Syracuse co- uh, coach, said NC State is much more physical and a tougher team than LSU is, which is something you've never heard. But LSU is a soft team right now. Now you can chalk that up to a bunch of youngsters playing, and and that's what that's the route Orgeron wants to go because he's looking down the road. He knows he's going to be safe this year. He's looking down the road, get these guys some game time, and, and get them coached up. And, and he's also 
forcing Canada to simplify the playbook because he wants to get these younger guys in there. But they're being pushed around right now, and they 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 say that's because of the recruiting was lackluster the last couple of years. Less miles. Hey, am I going to be here? Am I not going to be here? Why am I going to go out here and bust my hump when I don't even know if I'm going to uh, last here at LSU? So that's what they're chalking it up to. They won't say it's a rebuilding year, but that's essentially what it is right now for LSU. Do the important people at LSU understand this? Because it doesn't sound like a plan that people are going to like. Well, they, they won't like it because they expected him to come in right now and, and, and be uh, in the hunt for winning the, the West. But uh, what they are pointing to is the fact that Auburn, even though they have that, that one loss, they feel so like Auburn is not that great of a team. I differ. And uh, I went round and round with, with my, my, my source last night about them. I mean, dude, you got to be kidding me. You look at their defense, how well they played against Cle- uh, Clemson, and, and uh, Jared Stidham is starting to find his rhythm in this offense. Uh, Auburn is a player, and 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 so, but he, you know, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the other teams, Texas A and M, even though they've won their last three, the other teams in the conference, aside from Alabama, are not that great. So they feel like they can, you know, sit there and bide their time and and allow Orgeron to grow this baby, and and next year they'll be in the hunt again. So quietly, yes, to answer your question, they're cool with this, but they won't go out and, and just express that this is a rebuilding year, but that's exactly what's going on. See, that would frustrate me a little bit, though, knowing that the rest of the conference is not that great, not being able to capitalize on it, right? Like, now yeah. would be the time that you'd want to strike. But well, yeah, but if you don't have... You don't have anything, you, don't you have can't. Have right? good corn, you can't make good corn tortillas, so uh, they can't strike, right? <laughs> that's a new one. Yeah. I've never uh, heard that well, one. <laughs> I like it though. It's yeah, true. I, I didn't know where you were going. I don't know if you're going cream corn or <laughs> Oh, I love cream corn. Yeah. Oh, I like I mean, cream I corn know. when you can get it like as a side at a steakhouse. Oh, I like that. That's good stuff. Mm. You just made me hungry, dog. Oh man, we forgot to call it strip house. You weren't here last week. We were talking about the strip house. I love strip house. Love it. One but of the best the meals question, I've had. Yeah. And we had uh big head on. Uh not, Randy Cross. No, no, not Randy. Rothstein, the other big oh, head. Yeah. And, and he turned me on to Strip House a number of years ago, and I couldn't recall the name of it, and I finally had to text him back after he had hung up and asked him the name of it. Strip House. But anyway, I like the Porthouse for two. But Strip House, Porthouse for two, it's 60 some bucks per person. Oh, okay. So I, my question is, if it's just for one, because I can eat a Porthouse for two, just me, mm-hmm. do I have to still pay for two? Interesting. What do you think? I think they're going to make you pay for two. You think? Even though, since I eat for two, they're going to make me pay for two. Rent in New York City a little bit steep. They're going to make you pay for two. Damn. Yeah, they're going to make you pay for two. That's wrong, man. Yeah. That's wrong, Strip House. Uh, That's wrong. But anyway. It's too bad I met Rothstein last week. Yeah, yeah. I know one of your favorites. So, (laughs) but that's what's going on at LSU. Uh, Yeah. And, 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 you know, they won't say the R word. They're never, they're never going to express that or acknowledge that it's a rebuilding year and that, and, and blame Les Miles, even though they felt feel like he didn't uh, recruit as hard and, and as well as he had done in the past because he was so uncertain about his future. And so you have what you have now. Coming up next, an Andrew Bogus update. And A.J. Hawk is going to join us, former Ooh. Packers linebacker, now a college football analyst for Fox. Keep it right here. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. But first, Bogus is back already. It's flown by this last hour. Wow. And he's got an update for us. What's happening, Andrew? Guys, another winning performance from Alex Smith. A touchdown pass, another running. No turnovers on Monday Night Football. Head coach Shandy Reed's not surprised. He just keeps 
Doing good. And now the Chiefs are 4-0 after erasing an early 10-0 Washington lead last night. The just-acquired Harrison Butker. I don't even like big booty, but I like her. Kicked a 43-yard field goal with four seconds left. Then Justin Houston scored on a fumble return off Washington's last gasp. The final was 29-20 at Arrowhead. Washington drops to 2-2 two and two and lost corner Josh Norman to a broken rib. Head coach Jay Gruden expects Norman to miss multiple weeks. That cut you just played was in reference to Katya Elise Henry. I don't even like Big Booty. Oh. Yeah. So that's the Instagram model. Yeah, what that, happened to her, Mikey B? And apparently she's still on the guest list, right? Still on the guest list, yes. They're looking for a time when they're in New York. They'll uh, do it, but uh, they just uh, haven't made any trips uh, to New York. Uh, and well, we they can. asked if we could help fund it. I said, that's not going to happen. Oh, did yeah, they? we can. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you did. Why didn't you? That? So you didn't tell me that because I would have thought the same thing is that Brian would step up What's for such you, experience. Don't we... t- don't call me boy. It's inappropriate. <laughs> you tell me that all the time. Well, no. It's, if if it's you calling me boy, it's okay. I'm just making up for it. lost time. Got it. You can call me that. Got yeah. It. Hell yeah, we can find a slave. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when was the last uh, time that you said we, we subsidize education all the time? We hear that for the people, man. Brian's a couple weeks ago, probably couple, couple weeks ago, yeah, mid mid September. All right, so how much are they looking for? I don't know. I can find out. Well, it's a short flight from where? Is it, Lauderdale, Miami. Short flight. We got that. Need a hotel room for night. We got that. All right, we'll work out Boy, the details in the break. You, okay. you should have known. This is this is what we're, he does. We're, we're givers, <laughs> not takers. This is wheelhouse. This is what, what he does. <laughs> this is this is a write-off. You're this right. is for the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about Florida to New York. I mean, this you've got this experience the, in this, this man. Is, yeah, take that flight all the time, man. Come on. All right. Good write-off. I'm getting excited now. Mm. Katya. Me too. All right. Oh, <laughs> wait. Uh, yeah. Wow. All of Australia. <laughs> no, just Texas. And a little in New Zealand as well. Okay. <laughs> just Texas. <laughs> uh, so, Raiders QB, Derek Carr. A little New Mexico. <laughs> Oklahoma. Yeah. He looks like all of Australia. <laughs> Growing uh, in every direction. Yeah, I'm, I'm like Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> They should say Rhode Island, man. I mean, come on. You need to go with the smallest yeah. thing, right? Uh, Raiders. Bogus, your turn. Yeah. I was going to go with Rhode Island. So. <laughs> Raiders QB Derek Carr is out two to six weeks with a transverse process fracture in his lower back. Ouch. Cardinals pass rusher Marcus Golden tours ACL in Sunday's overtime defeat of the Niners. And the Seahawks disputing that left tackle Reese Sodiambo suffered a bruised heart Sunday night. The team Whoa. calling his injury a bruised sternum. Odiamba was released from the hospital yesterday afternoon. The bruised Raiders... heart? Yeah. That's a new one. Mm-hmm. Never heard that before. Damn, you got hit hard. The Raiders and the NFL Foundation each donating $50,000 to the victims of Sunday's tragedy in Las Vegas. The NFL Foundation also donating fifty grand to the Red Cross for its blood drives and other relief <laughs> efforts there. The UFC pledging $1 million to victims' families. Louisville has begun the process of firing Rick Pitino for cause in connection to college basketball's corruption and bribery scandal, the school reportedly feels that it owes Patino only $11,000, which is 10 additional days of salary, not the $44 million buyout Uh-oh. included wait, in his contract. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. We, we, you went from $44 million to 11000 Yeah, I know. They're off by $43.8 million. Get ready for a fight. 
What? <laughs> I know. Wait, you gonna give me what? A measly eleven grand? But see, I'm actually angrier that ten days of Patino's salary is almost twelve thousand dollars because that's where that figure comes from. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Good to be the king. Yeah, right, seriously. <laughs> when you start doing stuff like that, like breaking things down, like we've seen that with baseball players yeah. per pitch, there's there's nothing more mind-blowing than that stuff. Yep. So the Minnesota Twins will show up for the AL wild card game tonight, oh, even though their latest playoff oh, beating from the Yankees go. is coming. The yeah. uh, New York has knocked the <laughs> Twins out of the postseason four times since 2003. And Joe Girardi. I think we've played some of our best baseball in the month of September. The Yankees finish the regular season on a 21-8 and surge. Girardi starts Luis Severino tonight. Irvin Santana throws for the Twins as if it matters. First pitch is shortly after 8 Eastern. The winner Excuse the Yankees, me. moves on to Cleveland for game one of the division series on Thursday night. Apparently I missed some because Mikey B was talking to me. Uh, don't worry about it. And Derek Jeter's group closed on its purchase of the Miami Marlins yesterday after gaining approval from owners last week. There is a press conference later today down in Florida. Boys? All right, thanks, Bogish. Excuse me, whatever your name is. Uh, Joining us right now to talk some college football is A.J. Hawk, former Packers linebacker uh, and now the college football analyst for Fox. AJ, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Well, good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So we've been talking a lot about some of the, the disappointing uh, starts to a couple of programs in, in college football, and, and the one that's getting the most attention is LSU, and that loss to Troy just about as embarrassing as it possibly can be. Uh, if you're Ed Orgeron with the people talking about your firing al- already, uh, what do you do to keep this thing together as, as bad as things have been there for him so far? Man, I don't know. With him, with Coach O, it's tough because I, I think going into this season, you didn't there wasn't a coach more beloved than, than Coach O. He, he just seems to be everything. LSU, his whole demeanor, how he speaks, how he uh, – I don't know, just how he carries himself. He he was born to do that job. So to see them struggling, it's tough. I, I mean, he's going to do what all the coaches say they're going to do. They're going to stay to their plan and use all their their cliche lines and say we're just nothing's going to change. We've got to find a way to get a win and then keep going. It's going to take it one game at a time. But honestly, you got to hope that they they ride it out with you long enough to get some of those uh, big time recruits in there that you're you're looking at now. And and hopefully you uh, you just have enough time to to get it going in the right direction, but it could be a, a year or two. Uh, AJ, let me ask you about going up against these new up-tempo offenses. Uh, way back in my day, you had maybe a couple teams, Houston comes to mind, that employed these type of uh, systems. And nowadays, from a defensive standpoint, people are going to move the ball on you. The key, and that's, this is the question to you, is the key to make sure they're kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns because they're going to amass chunks of yardage. And the reason I bring that up because the Big 12 always gets hits over the, hit over the head with people saying they don't play defense. But yet I see the SEC games, and, and you got Alabama 59 points, 66 points, Georgia 41 points. So who the hell is playing defense these days? <laughs> well, if you watch any – look at the college stats, it looks like nobody is. Yeah, That's the thing, like – I think one of the most overrated stats for a defense is yards given up. When they talk about a defense, they say, oh, they're giving up 480 yards a game. Like, I don't care. Who yeah. cares? All that matters is how many points you give up. And that was always my thing. I'm, so, yeah, I think it's definitely the key to be a kind of a bend but don't break defense. And a lot of the great defenses, that's kind of how they are to where with what they do, they're going to stick to their plan. They're not going to let the offense dictate to them. And then once you get in the red zone, that's when it really tightens up, and that's when great defenses kind of come alive. I feel like, and 
bet worst case scenario they're going to give up a field goal, but they're they're trying to get turnovers, tip balls, strip sacks. Once the the offense gets in the red zone, that's that's where great defenses kind of make their money, and, and that's that's good good question because I, I really feel like that is key. There's like you said, they're spreading everybody out. There's going to be people open, but you just got to let them kind of let the offense make their plays and force them into making a few bad mistakes a game. One defense that is getting it done is Clemson, and they are just phenomenal. For your money, are they the best team in the country right now, even with what Alabama's doing? Uh, I mean, it's always tough to pick against Alabama, I guess, but I would still have to – I would stick with Clemson right now. Obviously, how last season ended, and I was at that uh, – I was actually at the Fiesta Bowl when Clemson routed Ohio State 31 nothing and got to talk to some of the Clemson players before the game, and I was just in awe of how big and powerful and how much these guys could move. Like, some of the guys were – a lot of their D linemen, a couple of them were true freshmen, 18-, 19-year-old kids, and they looked like grown men. And then I, I'm watching them even in warm-ups and just in awe of how they can open their hips and run and move and just how athletic they are. So, yeah, I would definitely give an edge to Clemson, no question. Those guys can just uh, – they're on another level and – it looks like them and Alabama are the two front runners, no question. Got to be able to open those hips, Gio. Yeah, of course. That's your problem, dog. You got to yeah. have loose hips, Is man. That my, that's my only problem. Yeah. yeah okay. Got to be able to turn and burst with them loose hips. <laughs> Love some loose hips. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, let me ask you about uh, your alma mater, Ohio State. It seems as though uh, they're turning the right way on offense now. What have you seen from the progression of uh, their offense and, and JT Barrett? I mean, he's looked. JT's looked pretty good over these last three games. I mean, the only problem is they're playing Army, UNLV, and Rutgers. So it's almost like it's not a lose-lose for them, but it's basically where you feel like the talent doesn't stack up with who you have in Ohio State. So, yeah, you better you better go out there and beat a Rutgers 56 to nothing. And for some reason, a team like that is hanging with you for a while. Then everyone still thinks the sky is falling back here in Columbus. And, and what are we doing to where we can't blow a team out like that? So I don't think we're truly going to know exactly who they are, really, probably until they play Penn State here on October 28th when Ohio State um, goes to Happy Valley. I believe it's at Happy Valley. No, it's yeah. at Ohio State. I'm no, sorry. no, no, it's, it's at State. your house, yeah. Yeah, I missed that one. Um, so, I mean, they play Maryland and, and Nebraska the next two games, and they definitely hopefully will we'll get through those two guys, but we really will not know who this team is, I think, until they, they face Penn State. But they definitely, at least they are looking better. JT Barrett looks more comfortable. He set all kind of records back here. And I just hope these games can really help build his confidence and get him kind of into a rhythm to make a run uh, on the last month of the season. Gio Jones with A.J. Hawk on CBS Sports Radio. Speaking of Penn State, Saquon Barkley and the season he's having is opening up eyes everywhere. Uh, what makes him a cut above some of the better players in college football right now? Well, I think anyone's seen his the videos of him in the weight room and doing just throwing up uh, amazing amounts of weight. That's one of the things, but that's that's not even the most impressive thing about him. He kind of he just definitely the total package. A lot of times, a guy can be have that crazy like straight line speed and can run between the tackles, you can run outside, but he's not a great pass catcher. There's always like one thing it seems like they're not as strong at. Saquon seems to pretty much do everything at a super elite level, and that, that's what I, I've noticed, I think. And the biggest thing that great running backs have from playing against them for a long time and, and from watching as a fan, all great running backs have amazing, amazing patience and vision, and I think 
Saquon has some of the best vision I've seen, and he lets his blocks develop. He, he lets his guys do their work, and then he puts his foot in the ground, and bam, he's gone. And what I really love is he seems like a, a very tough kid that, that doesn't like to get tackled. He, it looks like he reminds me of when I used to play against Adrian Peterson. Every, every single time we tackled Adrian, he was pissed off because he felt like every time he had the ball, he was going to score a touchdown. I feel that when I watch Saquon. AJ, you played in the big house. Uh, describe uh, that because I'm intrigued by this Michigan State Michigan game. I'm, I'm leaning towards picking Michigan State because that that offense of Michigan, of course, Wilton Spade is going to be out. John O'Corn, former Houston quarterback, is going to be starting this one. But Michigan has a hell of a defense still. But offensively, I don't see a lot of threats over there on that side of the ball. Yeah, we could definitely see a, a defensive battle in the big house. Um, it is a kind of an intriguing game, and it's, I'm glad to see Michigan State kind of rebound from the season they had last year. Their their head coach, Mark D'Antonio, was my D coordinator at Ohio State for a couple of years, and, and he's an absolute defensive genius, I believe. Uh, but you're right. I think we don't really know what we're going to get with Michigan's offense. They don't seem to be super explosive, but their defense plays great. So I definitely look forward to be a, a close game, and, and Michigan State will be ready. Trust me, Coach D'Antonio will have those guys ready. Um, but I don't know. Like I'm really intrigued by it. like what's what is going to happen. Right. I, I don't know. That's one of the most interesting games I think this weekend. What was it like playing there in the big house? So I, I've been to a game. I, I was a fan at a game at the Horseshoe, and that's incredible experience. But never gone to the big house. Uh, they're completely different atmospheres. I feel like uh, there's so many great stadiums in the Big Ten, but the big house is kind of weird. When you first walk in, you're almost it, it doesn't look it feel nearly as big as you would think because the field is it's one of those places where the field is like dug down mm-hmm. to where the stands don't don't rise as, as high as like a, like Penn State if you go there it's like an erector set it's built straight up in the air uh the horseshoe is pretty pretty tall uh and uh and closed in but the big house obviously being the big bowl um I wasn't sure at first then once the game got started yeah it was it's amazing I I went there my sophomore year and we got beat by a great Michigan team and that place was absolutely on fire. And luckily, my senior year, we were able to go back and, and get a, a close victory. But it's it's a special place. It has that feel to it, and that's what college football is. That's why I love college football, where these these stadiums have like this this rich tradition history, where you can walk in even to the locker room and you can just feel it's like you can almost feel like some of the old timers that were there way back in the day, way before you. And, and it's just uh, I don't know. You don't find that too much in the NFL. And, and that's why I think it's awesome. And I definitely put the big house up in that category. How's retirement been so far for you? It's been great. It's been uh, busy, plenty busy. Four young, four young kids, and doing um, <laughs> jumping on a bunch of different radio and, and TV gigs, doing some games for Fox uh, as a color analyst. That, but the great thing about retirement is, if you, um, I'm super lucky and fortunate to where I, I got to play football in the league for 11 years. So now I, I'm, su- I'm very busy, but I'm busy with things that I want to do. I don't. I don't really do things that I don't uh, have passion for. I don't care about. So that's, that's what's. A, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm. I'm very lucky, and I, I really am enjoying it. Now you are one of those guys who was on a national championship team in college and a Super Bowl winning team in the pros, and not a lot of people can can say that. Uh, do you ever go back and compare those two feelings, or is it something that's just you, you can't compare the two? Uh, you can compare them a little bit. The only thing that makes it tough for me was so uh, my freshman year, I got to Ohio State. We went 14-0 and, and beat Miami and won the national championship. So 
I just figured, yeah, this is what we do. I guess we're going to win four in a row. That's all. That's how it works. But uh, we never got back in, in my time. Um, I, I think I was just so young and naive, and I had no idea. I didn't. I didn't have a feel for like how big of a moment that was, and how big that whole season. Week to week, we were winning tight games to make that run. So I was. Uh, it, it's a good thing at the same time. I think being naive and not understanding how much pressure is on the team. And then when I was in the league and we won the Super Bowl, it was my fifth season. So I had, I definitely had a better idea, and I, I could kind of comprehend what was going on through our playoff run and and winning the Super Bowl. But there, there are definitely comparable feelings, especially post game on the field when everyone is uh, kind of going crazy. I could take a moment and, and understand, like, oh, okay, this is something that I think I'll remember for the rest of my life, hopefully. And so yeah, they, they compare a little bit, but just I think it's when you're in different stages of your life. Going from an 18-year-old, just idiot, meathead college kid that had no idea what was going on to being a, <laughs> well, I don't know, I think I was a 26-year-old idiot, meathead, six-month-old <laughs> daughter. <laughs> I guess I just thought of, a, I, I tried to say, I guess I thought I was a little bit smarter when I was 26. <laughs> so they make fun of me uh, here, AJ, because I like running into things. It feels good. One of my coworkers yesterday ran into me with all his might, and it was like a flea hitting me but no uh, it felt good I, I missed the contact now of course we don't miss the pain but are, are you similar where you you miss the contact and I always say you know people ask you if you miss playing where else can you hit somebody in the mouth and, and not go to jail well it's football or, or hockey you know contact sports but do you miss that sensation uh yeah definitely there's, it, there's always something about it I think just as just growing up I and mean, I was the youngest of three boys as well uh, I mean, that's how, like, guys, that's how a lot of times we show, like, our affection for people. Like, with your buddies, you know, you just punch them in the chest. I still do that. I still do the same thing. So, yeah, you definitely do miss that kind of stuff. And I, uh, yeah, my wife gets on me because I have, I have, um, my, my oldest is six and a half and my youngest now is four months. And I have three young boys and I, I sit there and wrestle with them. And if I, like, if I go to the ground, if I, if I lay on the ground for a second, my, my four-year-old son and my year-and-a-half-old son instantly will come jump on me and sit on me and try to get me in headlocks and try to try to <laughs> wrestle me. So I just think there's something about that. Maybe I can, I can get a little bit of that with them, but you're definitely right. You, you do miss that contact. Wow, three boys, huh? Yeah. I mean, that smells like three linebackers to me. <laughs> right? It's just... Just three Neanderthals. <laughs> That's great. Hey, AJ, thanks for the time this morning. Really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you, guys. AJ Hawk, <laughs> college football analyst for Fox, played 11 years in the NFL. See, Mikey B, that's a term of endearment when I hit you like that. Sure. I well, mean, even including the bat. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that, right? Yeah. It, it means it's like in middle school when the girl kicks you, it means she's got a crush it on you, It means she right? likes you, right? Sure. Well, thanks, she, Brian, she, for the compliment. She wants you. <laughs> Coming right back. You're listening to Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. The new Curb Your Enthusiasm started on Sunday, and I watched the first episode, and there is a <laughs> word that, that Leon, who's played by J.B. Smoove, uses that Larry ends up taking, and... Larry wants to know. He says, you know, if there's anything in the black community that's hip, you know, let me know what it is so I can use it. So the word was, and I was curious to see if you've used this one, you know, Larry goes over to Leon's guest house, knocks on the door, and goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just lamping. 
Yeah. You, I don't use it, but you, I've heard it. Yeah. That's yeah. First, just laughing, chilling. Yeah, right. You know? That's exactly what he said, right. too. And he's like, well, chilling. You can, he goes, you can walk around and chill, Larry. Mm-hmm. It's like you in the house just sitting. You're lamping. You're lamping. <laughs> so... He, uh, he ended up using I'm that. I'm just so. left, so he had to break it down to, right. to Larry. I'm sure that was funny. <laughs> and, and then when he was waiting to go on Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel comes in and goes, Hey, Larry, what you been doing? He goes, Ah, lamping. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy's like, Lamping? Like L A M P I N G. He's like, No, 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 no I N, apostrophe. No, yeah, no G. Yeah, that's <laughs> lamping. Pretty good. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, so tonight the Yankees move on into the ALDS. Stop, man! Irvin Santana oh, with a God. 6 ERA. In. Santana beat them uh, this summer. They're mm. in Minnesota. Okay, right. But he hasn't fared well here in the Bronx. Exactly. Yankee Stadium's got over a 6 ERA. And, and there's just the, the Twins just do not fare well. Whatever machination of the Twins that there is, they just <sighs> do not fare well against the Yankees. It's just the way it is. If they lost this game, now this is why it's it's when you're a fan of a team that's had that much success over the course of their existence, yeah. this is where things like this get tricky because yes. the Yankees were not expected to go to the playoffs this season. This was a rebuilding year, well, and they don't know who you ask. Well, but still, <laughs> they they were not for for the most. Even Joe Girardi, when asked about it, didn't think they'd be this good this quick. Well, and, and Aaron like Judge. Depends on who you ask. Well, so <laughs> the Yankees fans expect every year yeah, to go to the playoffs. Sure, yeah. but the consensus was if they didn't, we get it this year because yeah. there's a lot of young players and they're in the midst of a rebuild. And we're really happy that they got rid of some of the dead wood the year before, mm-hmm. and, and this year is fresh with a lot of young players. I mean, Aaron Judge, he might be the MVP and the rookie of the year this year. But now you're in a situation where you don't win the division, you're in a one-game playoff, which is a pretty good situation to be in. But if you lose that game, now this entire season that has been so fun, Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge and Severino and this new, I mean, even Aaron Hicks coming up doing what he's done. Jacoby Ellsbury woke up from the dead in September. All this stuff that's happening there feels like it's all for naught because you lose this game. So this, I think the validation of this season, it has to happen if you're paying attention to the Yankees, and I know not everybody in our audience is, but the validation of the season, you have to win this game. Now, well, if you go to Cleveland and lose in that series, you get it. Cleveland's the best team in baseball. Then you're okay. But if you lose this one, I think a lot of this stuff gets well, erased. I, I'm going to say this, and, and Mikey B and I were having this conversation earlier. If the Yankees can get past the Twins, and I am not overlooking the Twins, but if they happen to get past the Twins, I think the Yankees can make a run as well as they've played here lately, especially the September run, uh, you know, if, and overcoming that slump where they lost about 20 in a row, it seemed like, if they can get past the Twins, they can make a run at a World Series championship. That's how well they have been playing here of late. And you're right. Once Judge went on that barrage prior to the All-Star game, everyone jumped on board. You, you hear uh, Gardner talk about how, man, we, we, that served notice that the here and now is now. Uh, it's not a year down the road. It's not two years down the road because everyone's thinking once these young pups grow into canines, you know, 2019 would be the Yankees' year. But they serve notice, no, we're not waiting because we, we jumped on the back of Aaron Judge. Aaron Hicks has a phenomenal season. Of course, he's had a couple stints on the DL, uh, but he comes back and, and plays well each time he comes off the DL, and he's exceptional uh, in, in center field. And you mentioned Ellsbury, his back 
bat picked up. Unfortunately, Holiday, mysterious uh, illness. He hasn't really been the same, but he does provide some protection in that lineup. And Sanchez, over 30 home runs as well. Now, he leaves a lot to be desired behind the plate with the pass balls, but uh, you, you want that bat in the lineup. And, and Gregorius and, and, and Castro, excellent middle infielders. You know, uh, you, you get uh, oh, my man at third. Frazier comes over, mm-hmm. and, and bat maybe not uh, as still as you'd like, but defensively he's been he's played. Played well, so uh, uh, you know Hadley goes over to first base. They don't skip a beat. Now you got Bird in that lineup, and he's hitting dingers. I think he had five and eighteen games that he's he's played since coming off the DL. So this team is hitting his stride. Severino, I mentioned yesterday, leads the majors in, in starts where he allows one run or, or less. So they've hit their stride. CC, what a bounce back year for that guy. That guy uh, always wins after yeah. a loss. He's always there. Always, too. always there. Tanaka, his last outing was exceptional. So yeah, they are primed to make a run if they can get past the, the Twins. And it's been a, 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 as great as it began. And then you had that little swoon in the middle. It's just like, what the hell is going on? It couldn't get right. And, of course, Judge, after the home run derby and the all-star break, he couldn't get right. Now he's back to doing what he does. So I, I, I'm excited about the possibility of them making a run, but I'm not overlooking the Twins. Yeah, I think they get past the Twins and they run into the best team in baseball, and it might be a great series, but I think the Indians then move on after that. And I think at that point, and I know it's different with the Yankees and the expectations in the World Series and yada, yada, but – realistically uh you'd have to be thrilled if they go toe to toe with the Indians and then even if they even if they lose a series it's going to be a bummer there's no doubt uh, but this team's got a really bright future and i think the difference is too got so many great young position players and that was a difference when we talked about the Mets when they went to the World Series you're banking on all these young pitchers and then it seems like it fell apart immediately when you got guys who play every day and they don't look like they're slowing down I mean, the season that D.D. Gregorius put together, just yeah. unbelievable. These guys aren't going anywhere. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, the core of this group, I mean, all these studs, they're 28 or younger. I mean, so you've got a lot of youth on this this, this baseball team. And, and, and Chad Green in that bullpen, that's what scares me. you got some great arms back there, but are they great and consistent all the time? No, they're not. Uh, Batances and Chapman, they've had their struggles, and they've had the most uh, blown saves of any team in the major leagues. But this Chad Green, I love this guy, this middle reliever. Yeah, w- without a doubt. And nobody really talks about him because of Batances and Chapman and Robertson. It's just he gets lost yeah. in the mix. Uh, here's my prediction, World Series prediction. The Arizona Diamondbacks against the Cleveland Indians. You got one? Uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> the Yankees versus the Dodgers. Wow. There you go. I think they'd like We're going that. classic in the Blue Blood. Geo and Jones come right back. CBS Sports Radio. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.